Welcome to show 102 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today I'm joined with Laura. She is the host of Raising Eco Minimalists. Um, we're going to talk about why cloth diapering didn't work for her, as well as a little bit about raising eco-friendly kids and what that means as our role as parents and supporting our family. Welcome back to the Cloth Diaper Podcast. My name is Bailey. I am the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast and a former Cloth Diaper parent of two. The Cloth Diaper Podcast has been the space for sharing stories of cloth diapering from parents, brands, and retailers over the past four years. During this time, we've occasionally reached out to other bloggers and podcasters to share their experience and their shows. Today, we're going to be talking with Laura Derneberger. She is the host of Raising Eco Minimalists, a community for those raising kids who care about the well-being of their minds mind, body, community, and the earth. Living a low waste and minimalist lifestyle can often feel like you're going against the grain of society and then you throw in kids and it all kind of, you know, while we do talk a little bit about cloth diapering, this show is not 100% cloth diapering. We're going to be talking about taking those next steps. Today's podcast is brought to you by Assembly. Assembly is a complete reusable diapering system. Everything new parents need from super soft organic diapers and cloth-friendly skincare to upcycled storage bags and specifically formulated patent-pending detergent. By providing everything you need from birth to potty training, Assembly makes cloth diapering easy and approachable. And with limited edition collaborations with artists like Oliver Jeffers and Rihanna Norwegia, Assembly diapers are simply stunning. Visit assemblybaby.com, E-S-E-M-B, B-L-Y, baby, B-A-B-Y dot com to learn more and use code clothdiaperpod20, that's clothdiaperpod20, for 20% off your first order. Assembly is also available at Target, Indigo, Amazon US, and Amazon Canada. To learn more about Assembly Baby and their founder, Liz Chirigano, you can check out show 63 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I am joined by Liz and we talk about how she moves from her diaper service business into launching an international global cloth diaper brand is a fantastic episode and a definite must listen. Again, listeners of the cloth diaper podcast can use code cloth diaper pod 20 for 20% off your first order at assemblybaby.com. That's E-S-E-M-B-L-Y assembly. All right. So most episodes of the Cloth Diaper Podcast are 100% about cloth diapering. But it turns out that Laura actually was not successful at cloth diapering. I think this is a fantastic opportunity to kind of understand why cloth diapering doesn't work for everybody, even if eco-friendly minimalist values are at your core. It's a great episode, and I hope that you check out her show, Raising Eco Minimalists. You can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts. I hope to join Laura in the future to do a special episode on cloth diapering for her podcast as a collaborative return. But without further ado, let's get into the conversation that I had with Laura about raising kids and our community. Where did you get? It looks like you've been in the eco-minimalist space for a while. How does your story into sustainability and eco-minimalism begin? Where does it begin? Sure. So I have been in the sustainability realm for a really long time. Uh, Growing up, my mom and grandma were both really doing the trendy things that we would, you know, say are are the cool things now, but they were doing them back then. And so it was really just a part of life. And uh, my mom and dad and grandparents even all had really big gardens. And so like we were growing our own food then, and we did a lot of camping and stuff. So I always have just been kind of aware and 
that was just part of life. And then I went to a uh, uh, environmental high school for my junior and senior year. Oh, interesting. Started learning really about climate change. I mean, this was over 20 years ago. So a lot of the same things we're still fighting about now. Um, (laughs) I was learning about then and then my my undergrad and my grad degrees are both in environmental uh, education and environmental science. So where did you go for your undergrad? Uh, my undergrad, University of Minnesota, and then my graduate, uh, Hamlin University, both in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I asked that question assuming I would know the answer, but as a Canadian, <laughs> I did not. Uh, <laughs> like the curiosity, um, because I also like a lot of what I realized was environmentally friendly it wasn't until like I went to college and I went to college in Missouri I went to a small women's college and then I realized that other people didn't live like that and I was like this is interesting Mm -hmm. I just thought we were all recycling um okay okay I guess we're going into environmental education and then I also have a degree in environmental studies I have an arts degree in a sustainable community development oh very cool I did not go get my graduate but uh it's on my to-do list. Did having kids, when did you have kids? Did that change? How did that, what did that look like? For me, having kids was like, I can remember being pregnant and being like, I'm going to be the most sustainable parent ever. And I was like Googling how sustainable a stroller was and like whether this car seat was made in Canada or not. And then I had kids and everything went out the window. So I love watching sustainable parenting because sometimes it reminds me I can, I can do it. And, um, but I got very overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. how did parenting influence your sustainability journey? Yeah, it's certainly easy to get overwhelmed. Uh, so when I got, when I was pregnant, uh, I was eight months pregnant and my husband and I moved three times, uh, the house that my son spent his first few years in. And so that was where I started being, I, you know, I was in that nesting phase and I like lack of control, like going to have a kid in a month. And I was unboxing and unpacking, like, why do we have all this stuff? (laughs) What am I going to do with it? And so that was kind of when decluttering was starting to be talked about more. So I started learning about it. And, and, and so that was my first introduction into more of the minimalism side of things. And then when my son was almost two, uh, our county that we lived in at the time was hosting uh, what's called a zero waste challenge. And it's like an eight or nine month long free challenge. We had to apply, we got accepted and we got assigned a staff liaison and they helped us basically identify three to five areas in our household that we could reduce waste. And then they helped us throughout the duration of the challenge. And then we had to weigh our waste for a month in the beginning and a month, the month uh, at the end to see so that we could see uh, the oh, interesting. progress. So that was when yeah. I really started learning about zero waste. And I think also having a kid really accelerated my concern about the climate crisis because all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, what did I, what did I just bring him into? Like, what is he going to have to deal with? And so 
Uh, not that we did it. I don't know about you, but I had a professor who was very much adamant in like 40 years, you guys, if you're going to have kids, they're going to be fighting environmental wars. Um, but somehow I still did that. And then I had a panic attack. Yeah. So, you know. yeah that sounds about really my story too. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it kind of all started to come together. And then, uh, Right around that same time, I I was still struggling with um, I really bad postpartum anxiety and depression, and you know even two years after working with psychologists and therapists and being on medication and stuff, I was just starting to get to the point where I felt like I could be proactive about managing my anxiety and such. Uh, and that was when I really started learning more about minimalism and how it can go beyond physical items and also extend to all different aspects of our life and can really help be again proactive about keeping our our area and our life as clear as excess as possible so. when i was scrolling your gram that was kind of a vibe i was picking up about and something that i have definitely also learned in my own journey of parenting and sustainability there's all this physical crap that we're dealing with but there's this other um shift that happens that's slower and yeah i don't know how to articulate that right now <laughs> yeah no it is it's slower it's intentional intentional being just word, conscious yeah. about the stuff we allow in and i don't mean stuff as in just physical about it is part of it but i'm talking about like how packed or how much we pack our schedules and the people that are in our lives and stuff like that, where it's, it really can encompass so many components. I feel like we sometimes, especially in the parenting world, um, I find that I get really overwhelmed. Um, a lot of my, a lot of friends this year. And I think that setting those boundaries and you know, that not everybody is the right choice for you. And they used to really overwhelm me because they would sign up for all of the activities and they were doing all of the things and they were buying all the things. And it was just like weird pressure. And it's been really awesome to set some boundaries and be like, I, yeah, no, I don't actually want to go to seven activities okay. a week and I don't want to have 12 helmets for 12 different activities. Let's just yeah. pick one uh, and find ways make me really hard because a lot of people are just Keeping up with the Joneses, mm -hmm. I guess, and it's easy to succumb to that pressure. Yeah, it is really easy. And we, I think the vast majority of people that are raising kids out there, we do want what's best for our kids. And it's easy to be swayed by targeted marketing and, you know, all these outside influences that are telling us we need more to be happy and we need or to be a good parent. And that's just not true. What are your biggest tips then on slowly shifting? How did you slowly shift and how can other people, if they're looking for that support on shifting go? I think one of the most important pieces in making any big lifestyle change, especially one that is going against the majority of society and just a side note quick, I do think that uh, sustainable and minimalism, those lifestyles are starting to become a little bit more mainstream, but as a whole, it's still going against the grain. So one thing it's going against the grain of marketing. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And money. Right. Yeah. And so the one thing that I like to say to start with is 
come up with your why. So that can be for yourself. It can be as a family. Um, a couple of people that I've interviewed on my podcast, they've actually sat down and mapped out family values and a family statement. And so it's something that everybody can participate in and just get really clear about you know what, what does your family value? Is it time together? Is it time outside? Is it uh, free time, you know, what is it? It doesn't matter as long as it fits you and your family. And you can have a why statement for yourself as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, you can have both. And the reason why I think it's so important to have a why statement or a family values or mission is because when you do come up against those friends that do have kids signed up for stuff seven days a week and feeling that pressure, you can just go back to your why statement and say, you know, no, this, this goes against our family values and I'm going to have to say no. So. Which for my amazing cloth diaper podcast listeners, that is what we talk about. That's what mm -hmm. I talk about in cloth diapering too, is always going back to your mm -hmm. why statement of why you chose to cloth diaper can be a great way to avoid the burnout mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, and it's applying those why statements to every other area of your life. And for me, I learned about why statements because I want to, I bring this up because it sounds like we have similar educational backgrounds. Um, I do go to a lot of ethics classes mm. in my environmental <laughs> sustainability degree. They really were pounding in evaluating our values and our ethics. And that was like a core foundation for my program, at least. And so I find that in adult practice, I'm always going back. Okay. What are my values? Why am I doing this? What do I actually want to do? And returning back to that core foundation mm -hmm. can always ground me and make sure I'm living the most authentic version of my yeah, life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which is awesome. Cause I hope that my followers, I hope you guys all know <laughs> that you're familiar with using your why statements. Cause we talk about that all the time. So, um, I haven't heard anybody else bring it up in a while, but uh, pivoting to diapering. I think we've heard a little bit of a snippet about how, cloth might've gone for you. Cloth is out. Cloth diapering is what we talk about here on the show every week. A lot of people come into it for all sorts of different reasons, but it doesn't always work out for some families. Do you want to tell me about your cloth diaper journey and why it didn't work out for you? I think sometimes we need to hear those stories too. Yeah. I, I really wanted it to work. <laughs> it's one of those things that I had planned on doing before I even knew I was pregnant. I lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota at the time, and there are a couple of services that will, uh, you can go and pick out all the different diapers and take a look and all that stuff. They have tons of different options. And um, then they, you collect the dirty diapers, put them in a bin, and then they come and pick them up, wash them, and, and bring them back to you. And since I was a new parent, I was already feeling really anxious about that. I thought that that would be a great compromise for our family. Yeah. I mean, that's what we talk about a lot as, as educators. It's like, oh, well, maybe if it's overwhelming, you should try a service. Yeah. But the, you were telling me that a service didn't work out. And so my heart broke a little bit. Why didn't it work out? Yeah, so the service was great. I mean, the company was amazing. You know, small local company. We went ahead of time and looked at all the different diapers and got the best advice from the owner. And you know, I was really excited, ready to go. Um, when my son was born, you know, we had the newborn diapers and... 95% of them leaked every single time. And so I was 
changing his outfits, full on outfit changes, all the laundry, which I was hoping to kind of avoid with. <laughs> I was doing so much laundry uh, like eight times a day and it was really frustrating. And I, I was really struggling with postpartum anxiety and depression, as I mentioned. And I just, it just got to the point where it was just too much and I needed to let something go. And unfortunately that was, that was one of the things that. Well, I'm also though incredibly proud of you for setting that boundary. Like, I mean, is such an important thing that we talk about, or at least some of us in the club that mm-hmm. we try to talk yeah. about is, you know, it's, if your mental health is on mm-hmm. the line, it just, you gotta, you gotta let something go. <laughs> for some of us, it works out. Like hot that bring was a great way for me and my mental health, but I was having a really good relationship mm-hmm. with it. Um, and it was about finding other areas in my life for help. Yeah. But if it's that one, if it's the biggest trigger, then you just, just walk away. Right. Yeah. Now. I think it was, as I was also really struggling with breastfeeding. And so was like oh, the yeah. one thing that I had to weigh <laughs> all the nails. Yeah, the I, <laughs> I had to weigh the, you know, what I guess was more important to me in the moment in the long term. And I wanted to focus what little energy I had left on the Did you ever think about like coming back to it later? We did, uh, but it just I don't know. We just didn't. Um Okay. Yeah. This yeah. is curious. Yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> what did you decide to do for diapering? Did you find a sustainable diapering choice, or did you just go with disposables, classic, old school? Uh, we did try and find a happy medium of a, I say, eco-friendly diaper, a disposable option. Um, so that was kind of the compromise to it, and then uh, we just tried and. What, you know, look, we were very conscious about watching for his cues on when we could start potty training. And so we weren't prolonging stage. Did you, when did you have a child? How many years ago? Um, he is six. Yeah, 20. I have a six year old okay. as well. 2015. Mm-hmm. Since 2015, we've seen a large pickup in the elimination communication conversation, sure. which I think has been really picked up by a lot of eco minimalists mm-hmm. and has been. Awesome. If had I known about that, I had a child who, yeah, peed through everything. I just changed a ton of diapers. Like I was changing diapers every 45 minutes. And I just, I don't know. I guess I just thought that was normal. It was a first time mom and I just lived with it. Sometimes you don't question things. And uh, what was I going to say there? He, because he didn't like peeing, the sensation of peeing. Oh. Like you could put him in a disposable and he would burn through just as many disposables because he would get fussy and cranky and he was a colicky mm. and now he has ADHD. Sure. So he's probably just a very sensitive mm-hmm. child. Really cool to see just social media as a tool for like sharing different ideas and how things can work. Um, Postpartum anxiety and depression is sucks. It's like, it it sucks. And it's not fun. And like trying to find ways to make it work and function in your life can be really challenging. Right. And I think going back to what we were talking about, uh, about, you know, these lifestyles do go against the grain in a lot of ways. And so when we are making these choices, we do have to be really conscious. And sometimes that's just not in the cards for this of life that we're in. And so we do the best that we can. And for, you know, the diapers, that was the eco-friendly disposable. And I actually remember why we didn't continue. Um, I, and I did uh, go back to work and our daycare did not accept 
about day breaks. Daycares. Yeah, that was that was why we didn't continue. So yeah, what- and a huge sticking point for many Americans right now. Daycare. Mm-hmm is like yeah that's where that's where life ends sometimes and you don't have you can uh, petition all you want it depends on how much energy you want to have in that conversation what is something like from your perspective as a parent who went through a lot of things that you think that the cloth diaper industry could do better to support parents on diapering do you have any kind of thoughts and reflections about your experience and how we can change narratives and marketing tactics I think it would have been nice to have try a couple different diaper options because I I think that it just they weren't fitting around his leg correctly. Mm-hmm. And so um if we would have been able to just get a few of a couple different kinds with the service so that we could try different ones. And since they were already coming to our house to pick up dirty ones we could have just been in communication with them and that way we would have tried, mm-hmm. but we couldn't try other ones. And I don't know, maybe they didn't have any other newborn options. I don't know, but that would have been, I think really helpful and, and maybe would have allowed us to stick with it. I, it's interesting. I am working on building a industry alliance. And so we're working on bringing the services for, together and finding some new strategies and tactics. And I thought I'd pick your brain on that question. Um, so tell me about your podcast and our listeners so they can go find it. But what I really wanted to know is what's your favorite episode that you've done so far? What's the biggest thing that you've learned through your podcast? It's um, a good question. So my podcast is called Raising Eco Minimalists, and it's a resource, a guide, and a community for any Anybody raising kids, it doesn't have to be parents. If you have kids in your life that you're responsible for, or that you love, it, it's it's for you. Um, but raising kids who care about their mind, body, community, and planet. And so um, I started in April of last year. I just launched season two today. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite episode, I it's so hard to pick. Um I think the one I'll say the one that I learned the most on was uh, one that talked about artificial light pollution at night, because it was something that I really was not familiar with. And it's yeah, it was really interesting. And the one of the things I loved about it is that the solutions to kind of help those or help the issue are really easy. It's as simple as like buying a warm light bulb instead of the cool white light bulb kind of a thing. And there was also some really great tips on how to get kids involved and ways to like make it cool and that they can help. So yeah, that was, um, that was one I really learned a lot about. It was, it was really interesting. I grew up in a big city. I grew up in Vancouver-ish mm-hmm. area. It's a lot of light pollution naturally. And then now I live in a small city and it's always so surreal to leave the city boundary mm-hmm. where there's like no city for hundred kilometers and it is so freaking dark. Yeah. And you're like, wow, we make a lot of light. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really shocking. Um, and we actually just moved from Minneapolis to uh, Northern Minnesota and we are right on the border. If anyone's familiar with the Boundary Waters canoe area, it's a fed-protected area and no motorized boats or any sort of machinery. Um, 
So it's it's very pristine and it's actually one of the few designated dark sky areas in the world. Uh, there's an organization called the International Dark Sky Association and they have certain criteria that places can meet. So think of like a lot of national parks are dark sky certified and stuff. But um, the Boundary Waters is, and so I now live just outside a dark sky designated area. And we can see like the Milky Way from our deck and just mm. mind blowing that. That is so yeah. cool. I mean, what a random tangent of all things you guys have ever listened to on the Club <laughs> podcast. Now you know a little bit about Dark Sky. You're going to yeah. go check out Laura's <laughs> podcast about it. It's so cool. It's, it is. There's a lot of really cool things about uh, just sustainability mm-hmm. and different because the eco environmental, whatever the word I'm trying to come up with here is like so diverse. It, it touches upon like you can talk about environmental friendly things with almost like every facet of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about sky pollution, yeah. the Vancouver Museum on Planets. There's a word for that. Um, talks about that's where I've learned about dark mm-hmm. pollution before I was there. And it was really interesting. And you can find raising eco minimalists everywhere. You listen to podcasts. Do you have a website? Where's your social medias? Where can we go follow you to learn more? Yeah. So yep. Uh, raising eco or anywhere that you find this podcast that you're listening to or other podcasts. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at raising eco minimalist podcast. And then I do have a blog, uh, reduce, reuse, renew just reduce, reuse, renew blog.com. And that talks about eco-minimalism, but it doesn't have the sole focus on parenting. So it's a huge thanks to Laura for sharing her story and taking the time to talk to us a little bit about raising eco-minimalists, about her podcast and her diapering experience. I hope you go check out her show, her podcast, her platforms. It's some great information to take along. And don't forget that Assembly Baby has a 20% off coupon for your first purchase at assemblybaby.com. If you use cloth diaper pod 20, I'll put that in the show notes or the email. If you're not getting my email, every week I send an email to my listeners with the information about the podcast, a few other updates, and you should go subscribe. You can subscribe for it over at theclothdiverpodcast.com, the website, or if you are ever looking for downloads, there's lots of great downloads available at the Cloth Diver Podcast website, and that will get you on my email list as well. Until next week, when we are chatting with a UK cloth diaper retailer, I will see you online.